Tuesday show. Welcome. It's 6:55, and I am so happy to be here. It's the last show of the week. Short week, but um, but I'm excited. I'm excited because we have a great show tonight. The rest of the, the week is this is a uh, a couple of days out of the year that I always look forward to. Just a little bit of time in the uh, in the the quiet of the woods. And then we come back and we have all of, still all of October to do and so many great guests coming up and great things to talk about and events. We still have this crazy election to live through. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, you know? That's just, um, it's still exciting, though it's, it, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of uh, foreboding or a lot of foreboding that is attached to these things, but it's still exciting, you know. We get we get to walk through that together, or swim. We're gonna have to swim through it together too. If if Russia blows off this Poseidon bomb on both of the west on the, the west coast and the east coast, which has been talked about for a long time, I had to reach out to a friend of mine and say, "Hey, listen, am I just is this one of the Edgar Casey uh, things or conversations, premonitions we were talking about? Was it Baba Vanga? Who was it?" That was talking about tidal waves on gigantic tsunamis on, on both coasts, but that California was going to get it first before the East Coast did. I mean, I, there's things like that. I, I don't know what is official government release and what is clairvoyant premonition anyway. There's a little bit more on that tonight in the opening. And then we have a great first-time guest. I, I, I believe that all the first-time guests that we had in the last couple of weeks between Ryan Gable and and uh, Robert Phoenix and tonight's guest Nathaniel Gillis, I believe they're all going to be coming back and we're going to be we're all going to be coming becoming uh, good friends with each other. Nathaniel Gillis is a religious demonologist, and tonight we're going to learn about what demonology is, how Nathan got into it, and how it is relevant in understanding the modern world, or at least how it's relevant for him in understanding the modern world and I uh, I can't wait to do that. I really cannot. And it's right here, right here waiting for us. So that's that. Religious demonology. I have a lot of things to to ask him too, but this is another one of those guests that was only on my radar because the members of this audience sent me an interview, hey, check it out, check it out. Now out of all the, the things that are sent my way, I can't get around to all of it, and I try my damnedest because this is this is some of the things that 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 come from it all. So I can't wait to crack it all open, and and that's what we'll do. In the second half of the show, we'll take some of your calls, we'll answer some questions from the audience, and then we're off until Columbus Day. That's Monday the 10th. I'm trying to get Jim Lee on. 
And I think he'll be coming on for at least a short segment on Monday because I want to talk to him about satellite warfare, which is probably what's going to be um, as this thing escalates. Satellite warfare is definitely going to be a, a tool in Russia's chest, if you ask me and other people. So I want to talk to him about that and, you know, whatever the hell else comes up along the way. But I also want to remind everybody that nightly programming on quitefrankly.tv is not going to, uh, it's going to continue, I should say. It's just going to continue throughout the week. Movies, quite frankly, reruns, memes, documentaries, call-in shows with the, uh, the team over there at the network, and more, I'm sure. So I'll, I will be promoting stuff that's going on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and into the weekend. I will. Uh, I hope to be back in town in time to curate a Sunday night programming list as well as we usually do. So keep in touch. Stay on the Telegram. Keep your notifications on with our Discord. Whatever it is, we'll get the word out there, and hopefully you come and hang out. And, hey, I might even be there. It's a weekend of just chilling out, so I, I would I would not put it past me to just pack a hookah at the place we're staying kick back and cast some quite frankly TV over to one of the televisions in the uh, the living room that they have over there it's going to be a fine time and then we come back recharged and ready to take on the holidays all right so that being that I want to thank bluemonsterprep.com because we're talking about tidal waves we're talking about satellite warfare all this other stuff remember the only thing you can do is take care of yourself, your family, and your household. BlueMonsterPrep.com is how you prep it. They have Now they have new getting started kits uh, and, and reading materials on their website. So you can go through your own priority list yourself. You can get Pat and Gina on the phone. Get into it. Not only is it good for you and your household and all that stuff, but if you know somebody who wants to get started prepping, they just want to get started, and you know it's a priority of theirs. And you're thinking of something to get them for Christmas. They have gift cards. So give somebody a gift card. They can go and they can buy some medical first aid. They can buy some water filtration, a couple of two-way radios, whatever their pleasure is. If it falls under the umbrella of prepping, then it's going to be on BlueMonsterPrep.com. Use promo code FRANKLY. And if you, you uh, I think it still is that if you spend over $100, they send you a specially designed, quite frankly, mug. So you still get a coffee mug, too, from that. There you have it. All right, Blue Monster Prep. Fantastic. Bill Altman coming on next week. Robin McCutcheon. Corey Daniel. Next week is awesome. We got a great week next week. Only thing I got to figure out is Thursday the 13th. What am I going to do for Thursday the 13th? have a number of things I can go to. Never you worry. And then we have Saturday night show next Saturday as well, which is going to be fantastic because it'll be family and friends in here, and we're going to be watching Spookies. So that's a movie night. You get yourself some popcorn. That it's not. I don't know how much of the movie you're actually going to be able to pick up with all the talking, but it'll be funny. And then we will rerun Spookies on the air Sunday night. That's what I'll do. I'll rerun Spookies on Sunday night so you can watch it uninterrupted with all the the behind-the-scenes backstory from my father, who was a cast member. So that's what we'll do. Okay, I just worked this out in my head. I hope I don't forget it. Uh, All right, first thing is first we have a headline from the Jerusalem Post. Let's get it up. Where the hell is it? There we go. 
Hercules statue, approximately 2,000 years old, discovered in northern Greece. This is incredibly racist. Researchers believe that the statue was adorned in a building dating to the late Byzantine period in 8th or 9th century AD for buildings during the Byzantine period. A Roman statue of Greek mythological hero Hercules was unearthed in northern Greece, according to a report from Heritage Daily. The discovery occurred in the ancient city of Philippi. I hope I'm saying that right which is located in the northern present-day city of Kavala. The statue itself was found during excavations conducted by researchers from the Aristotle Institute of Thessaloniki. Hercules, son of Zeus, is most commonly known by his Roman name, Hercules, son of the son of Jupiter. In mythology, he was known for his immense physical strength and was considered to be a champion for the weak. So they found it. They say they, they believe that it was, uh, there you go, 2,000-year-old statue. Now, where they found it, I don't know, because it says larger than life. The statue depicts Hercules barren with a youthful body. The ministry said in a press release, the club was, fa- the club was found in fragments, and, the lion, uh, and a lion was hanging from the statue's outstretched hand, left attested to the, blah, 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 on the earlier crest. Where the hell did they find it? Like it was just sticking out of the, of the mud? So, okay, well, I guess the, the, the mystery continues just a little bit. I like stories like that, but I, I want to know what I believe to be important details, and it's not there. Anyway, here's something I thought was funny. Mark Swan actually sent this to me. He sent this to me, and I I thought it was funny. It's from loudersound.com. I don't know if it's real or not, but I'm going to pretend like it is. Headline, new research indicates that straight men who play guitar in extreme metal bands do it to impress other straight men. (laughs) I believe this. I believe it. The study suggests that it should be unlikely many guitarists play extreme metal to boost their mating success. John Lennon one famous, once famously suggested that one of the main reasons to get on stage is that it's the quickest way of making contact. He was, of course, talking about getting laid. It's certainly true that the historically male-dominated arena of rock and roll has led to some unhealthy dynamics when it comes to sex. But due to many straight men who play guitar really do, uh, but do many straight men who play guitar really do it to boost their chances with women? According to a new study, there's actually another surprising factor in play, at least when it comes to extreme metal. Following a spicy truth nugget shared by the official Twitter account, uh, whatever, the British panel show based around interesting facts and whose social media channels are run by a thorough team of researchers. A new study has indicated that the reason why many straight male guitarists begin playing extreme metal is to show off to other straight male guitarists. I believe it's true. I don't think, I'm not saying it's sexual. I'm not saying it's sexual at all. Uh, It's almost like powerlifting. It's like you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're competing with your peers some of it is, you know, one one upsmanship. You want to, it, 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 it could be healthy competition, whatever the hell. But I completely believe it. Could be gay too, in some ways. I actually think that the only person in any band who actually wants to attract the attention of women is the drummer. That's probably the only person in any band that that really cares about women. Everybody else is just completely obsessed with themselves and um, and their craft. 
I can give two shits about playing drums. It's just natural. It means nothing to me. All right, let's go on to the next thing here from the Daily Mail. Germaphobe Howard Stern leaves his apocalypse bunker. This is a $20 million uh, Hampton estate, by the way, bunker. For first time in two years for A-list dinner with Jennifer Aniston, Jimmy Kimmel, and John Hamm and admits he's been afraid of catching COVID. I mean, this is a pathetic man. He's got, yeah, he's got famous friends. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but he is utterly pathetic. Utterly. Um, and I used to be such a big fan. He finally ventured out of his $20 million Southampton home to dine with A-list celebrities. He and his wife, Beth, were invited out by Jimmy Kimmel to dine at Laser Wolf in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Other celebrities in attendance included Jennifer Aniston, Jason Bateman, John Hamm, and Justin Theroux. Oh, man, that, that, must have, that must have sucked. That must have sucked. Can you imagine being stuck at that table? Can you imagine the conversation at that table? That must have sucked ass. The radio host admitted on Monday that the outing was emotionally exhausting and it was the first time in two years I'd ventured out of the house. He reportedly told his wife he didn't want to go and was in panic. He said, I don't want to get COVID. This is a pathetic, pathetic man. (laughs) This is why anytime he says something crazy on his show to get some kind of attention that is syndicated by the media because barely anybody's actually listening to him anymore compared to what he had anyhow it's just i don't care you're you're talking about a, a, a complete a complete nutcase all right a little bit more on the poseidon adventure this is a headline from fox news russian nuclear submarine nuclear heard that nuclear submarine armed with doomsday weapon disappears from arctic harbor putin's belogorod Submarine is said to be capable of creating a 1,600-foot radioactive tsunami. 1,600 feet, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, the new World Trade Center 1 building is 1,776 feet. So this thing would only be just a little over 100 feet less than the new World Trade Center. At least that's the capability. Top of the line, Russian nuclear power submarine has gone missing from its harbor in Arctic along with its rumored doomsday weapon, according to multiple reports. NATO has reportedly warned members that Russia's Belgorod submarine no longer appeared to be operating out of its White Sea base, where it has been active since July. Officials warn that Russia may plan to test Belogorod's Poseidon weapon system, a drone equipped with a nuclear bomb that Russia has claimed is capable of creating a radioactive tsunami, according to Italian media. The drone can be deployed from the submarine at any time and detonated at a depth of one kilometer near a coastal city. Russian state media claim the device can create a 1,600-foot wave that smashes into the coast and irradiates it. So I, I asked them, I asked a, a buddy of mine, I said, listen, is, what does this have to do? Is this a prophecy that we we're talking about or is it something else? I got this back. He says, yes, this has been on public record in Russia for years, discussed in scientific and military reports, also mentioned publicly numerous times by all the most important government, fish, government officials. I heard Vladimir himself mention it several, several times. 
in media that this person is not a personal confidant of Vladimir Putin. Just want to put that out there. The plan is to detonate a bomb on each coast to create a tsunami tidal wave. Nuclear is not required to do this. The result would wipe out the, the uh, wipe the slate approximately 50 miles inland, destroying Norfolk, the largest naval base in the world, port facilities, um, international airports, Newark, Miami, New York City, Philadelphia, BWI. The shock of the West Coast could possibly trigger the big one that they've been talking about, the earthquake. Now they discuss knocking down all U.S. satellites that they uh, that they paid Russia to put up there for them. So, the satellite. This is part of the reason why I wanted to talk to Jim Lee about satellite warfare. And it, speaking of Belgorod, I don't know if I'm saying this this city right, but apparently, around that area of Belgorod, that's that's what people have been saying. Uh, there there was these very strange beams of life light like yellow, amber beams of light that went straight up to the sky. People were wondering if they're testing systems, uh, satellite hunting systems for this next phase of the escalation because how many times in the last couple of weeks have we said it? How many times have we said it? It's got to go somewhere. If they're committed to staying on this footing and if war is in some way, shape, or form a transformative, they believe, they, they, the WEF crew, the UN Agenda 2030 NWO crew, if they believe that this really is going to be the transformative event that they need economically, uh, borders-wise, I don't know, trauma-wise, who knows, a wiping of the slate and forgetting all of the real democratic traditions that we've had in in the West for hundreds of years and just going into something that needs to be a little bit more, I don't know, V for Vendetta, post-pandemic V for Vendetta. Something's going to have to happen. Some Somebody's going to have to slap somebody in the face. So, um, there's that. There is that. Now, on the other side of things, everybody's talking about what are they going to do? What are we going to do? I know that in some parts of the world, people are stocking up on their there are potassium tablets for radiation and all that stuff. Well, Ukrainians, at least some of them over here. This is from Vice. Of course, this is the only kind of story that Vice talks about these days. Children, you have to leave the room for a second. Three, two, one. Ukrainians are responding to the threat of nukes by organizing an orgy. After his controversial suggestions for ending the war, the organizer said, as of today, Elon Musk is persona non grata at their orgy. So, you know, Elon Musk was pretty much putting on out there today, as well as this whole Twitter deal looking like it is now going through. It was stalled out. Last time we talked about this back in July, it had been stalled out because of... Elon Musk not believing any of the internal reports generated by Twitter about AI and bot usage on the uh, on the platform. Well, uh, now, instead of going through trial and all that stuff, I think, from what the reports say, the $44 billion deal is going to be going through at like a $52, a, uh, $52 a share 
uh, price. So I don't know when, when ownership and all that stuff officially transfers over. If it's going to take weeks and months still. Anyway, that's what's going on. Oh, and the astroturfing bots, they don't like it. I'll show you in a little bit. But anyway, also today, big news from Elon Musk. He was talking about how we need to end the war. That it's got it's got to stop, and that uh, before things get worse, it's just got to stop. Which, by all means, yes, yeah, obviously, they don't like that because it was a little bit too. Um, it was a little bit too. I don't know, not punitive enough on Russia's end. Everybody wants to. See, everybody in the crazy behind behind the the rainbow curtain over here in the West. Everybody wants to see Russia punished in some way for what has gone on the last seven months. So they don't actually understand what's been going on in the last seven months and the the genesis of the entire thing, how we even got here in the first place. So uh, unless somebody is suggesting something compl- very punitive of uh, you know for Russia to to experience, then nobody, then everybody thinks that you are a I don't know one thing or another. Anyway, that's what's going on. But as far as going back to the Ukrainians, as countries across Europe review their radiation pill supplies under looming threat of nuclear attack by Vladimir Putin, Ukrainians have decided to respond with humor and plan an orgy on hill outside of Kiev. Now, I don't know if it actually happens. It's getting very cold out, even over here. And I'm sure it's going to be even colder, if not probably very much uh, more cold over there it is than right now over here. But still... More than 15,000 people have subscribed to Orgy on something. I can't pronounce it. Which was set up on the 26th of September, and the intention is to head there in the event of nuclear attack as opposed to finding the nearest bunker. The open post told members to decorate their hands with stripes to designate their interests ahead of the event. Three stripes symbolizes butt sex. Four stripes means oral sex. Uh, Is there any... Are those the only two choices? So I guess you can see what's going on here. They say that all the apartments with a view of this place have, uh, have for some reason disappeared from the real estate sites. Radio Free Europe interviewed a local woman about the group who said it's the opposite of despair. Even in the worst case scenario, people will look for something good. That's the mega optimism of Ukrainians. Well, I, I, it's good to be optimistic, but this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Now, hopefully it's just parody. Although, I mean, we know the influence, the cultural influences, how, how are, they're being shared all over the place. They really are. We really, it, it's in every country. You can't get away from it. But in the West and Western-influenced countries, the idiots are everywhere. Those idiots dancing on the rooftops in Independence Day, welcoming the aliens that are about to blow them away. They're around in every country. They have absolutely no self-awareness or situational awareness whatsoever. Anyway, 718, let's get this one kicked off. Nathaniel Gillis is with me on the other side of the intro. I cannot wait to jump into this one. We will be right back. (laughs) It's enough to get me to the boiling point!
let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! It's 7.20 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, and I want to invite you all to contribute to the show with your thoughts and uh, and feelings on any number of things that are going to pop up along the way through Super Chats. If you are on Rumble and if you're on, quite frankly, TV watching on the, uh, the Foxhole Embed, or if you are even... What's the other one that has native... I think that's it. Oh, oh Rockfin. Rockfin. Then you have your own tips and super chats in there, but a universal for everybody that is a lot easier for me to keep track of is quite frankly superchat.com. So feel free to to uh, dump some thoughts on us over here. Quite frankly superchat.com doesn't take a lot, but it goes a long way. Um, take a listen to this. Oh, not take a listen. Take a look. So I told you about the Elon Musk willing to pay. Twitter for the originally agreed upon price, $44 billion. Well, I saw a breaking 911 tweet about this, so I clicked on it. And then I went into the, the comments to see what's going on. And off the top, just the, 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 the top dozen comments, I had to go and screen capture these four. I said this before, Twitter deal may be going through with Musk, and the AstroTurf bots are not happy. Here's the first one from Chomps Lewis. That's it. That seals the deal. I'm no longer a Twitter user. I've been a user since 2013, and I have been—I have never been more disgusted. I officially will be deactivating my account. I'm going to TikTok, where they know how to run a platform. Here's the next one. Seth Plot. That's it. That seals the deal. I'm no longer a Twitter user. I've been a user since 2012, and I've never been more disgusted. I'm officially being de- de- uh, I'm officially deactivating my account. I'm going to Instagram, where they know how to run a platform. Here is Zarting and Quarkin. That's it. That seals the deal. I'm no longer a Twitter user. Been here since 2013. I've never been more disgusted. I'm officially deactivating my account. I'm going to TikTok. One more for you. Carlos Danger. That's it. That seals the deal. You know where this is going? So, um, this is part of the reason why, regardless of your personal feelings of, of Elon Musk, why he pumped the brakes and in July doesn't believe what Twitter is putting out there as far as this kind of activity all over the place and the best thing is that if you go to the, uh, this guy Seth is the first one that I saw so I went and clicked on the site clicked on his um, I went to click on his uh, his 
profile just to see what else is going on there, just to see how much bullshit it really is. And that was before I saw all of the duplicate tweets from everybody else. But on this Seth Plout shell account, that's not real, all the other things that he was saying are from like 2021. Every time he tweeted about, I just got my first shot, feel great. I just got my second shot, feel great a couple of weeks later, whatever the hell it was. So you are seeing this incredible, incredible system, swarms of just nonsense that are out there to astroturf one opinion or another and to just populate people's feeds with, with just garbage. Every, so all these people, obviously, all these bullshit accounts are doing the right thing. They are, they are not happy with Elon Musk taking it over, and they want everybody to go out and get their shots. So good, good on them. You know, good on them. Responsible robots. That's what we want in life, responsible robots, because what else the hell is there? Anyway, anyway, now we are going to get into a little piece of this show, a guest appearance I've been waiting for for a while now, since actually since members of this audience have suggested him to me, and that is wow. welcoming, welcoming Nathaniel Gillis to the show. What's going on, Nathaniel? You there? I'm humbled. I'm humbled. I'm excited. I, I, I look, man. It's always exciting for me to meet a new audience, and uh, as much work as I do in my field, it's just. Look, man, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm humbled. So I'm excited to get into the research, man, and thank you for this opportunity. Well, yeah, you know, it's great. It's great to have you on, and I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're, you're feeling well tonight and that you're excited. I'm sure yeah. everybody's going to love you. But, you know, I, I got to say, uh, I, I was sent a link that you were doing. I forgot what it was, but I said, okay, I got to get, get in touch with this guy. And I went to your website. Well, I went to your YouTube. You're actually at, you're actually just uh, almost as mysterious as your line of work, because it's hard to it's hard to find uh, all the information I need about you in one place. But it's all good because here you are. But I went to your uh, YouTube, and aside from your personal work that you have posted there, I saw one of your saved uh, public playlists, the full seven video series of the appearances that Malachi Martin made on Art Bell's show in the '90s. These episodes, Nathan, uh, I believe them to be some of the greatest conversations to have ever taken place on radio. I listen to those seven wow. episodes multiple times a year. I, it, it was so ha- I was so happy to see that you thought highly of them enough to uh, post them there too. They're incredible. They're incredible. I um, can I can I share something with you? Of course, um, yeah. With everybody that's your audience, okay? I have ADHD, and uh, during the time that I was maturing and evolving to who I am now, I was suffering from PTSD. I was uh, assaulted, um, physically assaulted. I know we never talk about this, <laughs> um, but during that PTSD process, I was uh, growing out of PTSD and going to therapists. Uh, there was a time when I had lost all of my memory. I had to go to speech therapy, physical therapy, all of it. Wow. And during that, yes. I never say that in any other shows because, it, you know, whatever. Uh, but it was during those times of loneliness and heartbreak when I had to apologize to my own favorite authors, right? I have the book. I've read it four times, but I can't remember it. That's what I was doing. 
there was during those times when I would go to sleep and I would listen to Art Bell. You know what I mean? And I'll tell you what about Art Bell, fascinating story about him. Uh, his bumper music is equal, you know, to his gifting. And we never see that, right? The songs that he opened up his show with, and you know, close it, it was amazing. Um, but yes, uh, on his show, I learned of Malachi Martin, and I bought all of his books. I'm proud to say, I have one of Malachi Martin's uh, his first edition of Hostage to the Devil. So yes, you got me, dude. You got me. I didn't know you were a fan. We oh. never talked about this. I be, well, I, it was Holy after you smoke. and I, after you and I got off the phone. I went back to your YouTube just to look through things. That, you know, I'm always just combing. Yeah. I'm always just you know, one thing or another will will hit me in a certain way, and all of a sudden I'll have another idea for a question to ask you. And I saw that there. I said, oh, this is going to be perfect. There's so much in there. I'm a huge fan of both of them. In fact, not only do I, I still listen to a lot of reruns of, of all um, phases of, of Art Bell's show from Midnight in the Desert mm -hmm. backwards, but uh, we, uh, we just launched the Quite Frankly Book Club this year around yeah. late March of 2022. We did a book club, and the first one that we did was Windswept House. So we, wow. yeah, so it was a, it was a wonderful time and I can't wait. We're, we're going to be doing a lot more books in, in 2023 as well, but still, um, I, I have to imagine that along the way of your journey to being a religious demonologist, this is, this, these, this was information and this was conversation that, that had to come to extreme use, good use in understanding the other side of the uh, of this veil that we live in right here. So I want to talk a little bit more about your personal experience, how you came to become a uh, a demonologist, or what demonology is. Let's start with that, and then let's talk about you. De what is demonology? Well, in my okay, in my version of research, which that has to be said, because I'm kind of like that guy like I'm, I'm an outlander outlier of all everything what i'm studying um but research in, in demonology to me is the study of consciousness and consciousness as it was believed to be in antiquity and so uh, what uh, what occurred to me well not to me even the the research is that uh, our ancestors watched disincarnate consciousness and then what they learned to do is demonize the ghost. And so what I've been doing lately, and it, sometimes I succeed, sometimes I fail, but what I've been doing lately is trying to, uh, to, to help people in modernity understand that we do not have to be afraid of death. <laughs> and so that's my version of demonology. De Let me say this, demonology is not knowing the names of demons. Right, it's not knowing uh, okay what demons are according to history. I've done all that. My research has taken to me when did the name or, or like originate? Right? When did it begin? When did the idea of a demon come to be? And so that's why I you know I don't get on like it won't be on TV because I don't fit that blueprint. But what I've been doing lately is I'm trying to get to the root of it. Right there's there's a term in linguistics. It's um. It's it's literally it's, it's so fascinating. It's about how there are different terms for different beings at different times. Make sense? I, I I'm following along so far. Yeah. All, all right. 
And so these different terms at different times, they all have the same definitions. But what's happened in demonology, at least where I'm at, and I'm, I'm in the field, is that if you're not Catholic, you're not a demonologist. Does that make sense? Yes. And so that's what I'm hearing. So my definition of a demon and my origin of the demonology and how I got into this, it's all incorporated into my experience. But I'm telling you, I've had I've had directors say, okay, listen, he's not a he's not a Catholic demonologist, and they'll okay, we'll, we'll show them off. People well, have to know that this stuff, man. So that's what I mean. So um, so a demon to me, according to my research, is this. It's a it's a mutated disincarnate ghost. Period. So it is a demon. So you believe uh, from that from that standpoint? Yeah. Are you saying? Do you are you saying that a uh, a demon could be created, and it is not something that has been on this earth from the point of creation? That there is a different that a that any person who dies and is somehow is uh, they're 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 left here behind somehow because they become a ghost. They can they can also become a demon okay so according to my research there are two types of angels that visited people let's go to angelology for a bleeding moment okay a lot of people kind of like make them all the same thing they're not but they are if you know the research you're doing and i'm not a politician i know how weird that sounds <laughs> um what i'm saying is that um according to my research and according to what i'm facing in demonology is there's a movement in the field that wants me to believe in catholicism and, and, and what I'm saying is, uh, this, is has, this has dominated even radio shows, podcasts, to where when I get asked a question, what is a demon? That's a heavy question. What do you mean it's a demon? Uh, are you asking me what, what religion, right? What religion believes in demons? It makes sense. Uh, it, so it, my, it does in a way. Only thing is that you know yeah. I I I have a, I come from a, a Catholic background, um, right. and, and but I I never I never knew demonology be something that was wholly owned by by uh, Catholics. I mean we have we have exorcists right. we have exorcists, but there's there's exorcists and there are there, I know about the the the, the jinn in, in uh, Islam and I mean right. everybody seems to have their own their own little sect of yeah you know how to. So I didn't. I didn't. I never looked at it as something that was whole, uh, exclusively claimed by Catholicism, though. That's good. That's good. Most people do. Um, so according to my research, I believe, according to my my data and everything that I've done for the last three years, a demon is disincarnate consciousness that is mutated, and that is it's using the out of body experience against us. And I know we're like. I don't know how to make it more simple. Okay, so what I'm saying is, a lot of people when they hear demon, they think of the Catholic Church, right? They think of okay, a demon is some horn and hooves. Does it make sense? It's not. Uh, according to my data, it's it's disincarnate consciousness. It's a ghost that has mutated into another version of consciousness, and now it's using that knowledge against us. No, that, that that makes that you've made that uh, perfect. So, yeah, no, you made that clear so far. And I, what I now from there, as far as you, how you fell into it, now, um, when did your when did your your was there any kind of a uh, an event in your life where that that dragged you in and and you just became or have you always been really interested in this kind of stuff? I know I have been, but I never really went and uh, and tried to 
make it into a uh, a thing that I can I can give myself for I don't know attain the title at the end of it. When did you start coming into your own as a religious demonologist? Honestly, I had no idea what was happening to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was um, I was eight years old. I, I moved into a new house. My parents took me into the open house. Like even before, even before they bought it, you know, they're taking me by the hand and saying, you know, look around. And uh, I was in my future room, and I was uh, just looking at the corners of the room, thinking, okay, I'm going to put my bed here, put my gaming system here. And to this day, I don't know why I did what I'm about to tell you. For some reason, I got on both hands and knees, and I looked underneath the bed that was in the room. It was weird, weird, and I won't say as, you know, as, I won't say that. But, you know, it was weird as crap. Uh, it scared me, man. And uh, when I pulled up the cover, I looked down, and I was met face-to-face with a full-bodied apparition. Under your bed? Yeah. Under her bed. It was literally in the open house. Jeez. Oh, oh, that's right. You hadn't moved in yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, it was it was horrifying, man. I can and whenever I talk about it, it's almost like it, it left such an imprint on me. I'm back there now. You know what I mean? It's weird. Who no, who did you say? It was just a the 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 apparition of a child of a full grown yes. woman. Did mm-hmm. they did they seem in good health? Did they look like a walking corpse? What was it like? It was uh, far more innocent than that. Which, for any demonologists who are listening, pay attention, <laughs> right? It, you know. Uh, see, not to you, right? To demonologists. Yeah. Um, but yes, I was I was looking at this full-bodied apparition. It was a, a small girl. She may have been about maybe six. Uh, she, I could see her toes. There were pale feet. There were pale toes. She was full-bodied, right? So she had long black hair, wearing a white linen dress. And when we made eye contact, I remember this is her eyes looking to make eye contact with me. Right? You know how it is when you look at, oh, man, there's eye contact. Yeah. And then she shimmied her body all the way to the back of the wall, and that's when I bounced back, and I said, whoa, you know, what? what is this? Well, um, I did my due diligence. I asked my father. I said, you know, on the way back to our house, I said, man, I said, did they have any children at the house? Like, is, 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 is a married couple? Did they have any kids? No. That, matter of fact, it was elderly people that owned the house, and they died, and it was a state sale. So, so then, then I'm yeah <laughs> yeah no I I, I can see what you said. so obviously that 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 will leave an imprint that definitely will leave an imprint there and I haven't seen you know I I guess the bigger the bigger question for me with all this stuff is this it's a cozy kind of a thing for me to ask about these questions to read these spooky especially in in October we have people that are always submitting spooky stories to the show to be read and we do this all uh, throughout the winter uh, really and I love doing it throughout the year but especially now. But there's there's a difference between reading a spooky story and saying what if and going into prophecy and mysticism and just getting yourself outside of the box, outside of the mundane, and then there is coming face to face with an apparition under the bed. Those are two different two different things. I'd much rather read about it and consider the possibility than actually have this thing happen to me. And that's uh, so I can imagine how it could be impactful. It was terrifying. You know, it's a lot like um, PTSD. It's a lot like being, and I don't mean to say that I, I was assaulted. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but what I will say was a lot like trauma 
occurring to you without your permission. That's what occurred. You know what I mean? Like I, I did not give this sexy permission to do anything that it did. Uh, but when I when we finally moved into the house, this being mutated. It mutated out of being just a little girl. It, it evolved into shadow figures, nightmares of people committing suicide. The same nightmare, and I went through a lot of stuff. Um, and to this day, I'm still getting I'm still getting over it. You know what I mean? Like it, I feel like I'm fighting back against this entity every show I do. <laughs> so you're telling Does it me make sense? you're no no okay it's it's starting to make sense you're telling me that this incident at the open house when you were a young boy has followed you throughout your life and you and you know that this is the same the same entity but it's taking on different forms as these these horrible nightmares with about suicide and and other things you know it's the same hands at work since that day it's the same evil it's the same feeling. Same feeling and evil. Okay. You know, um, that entity that I encountered in my youth, it followed me one time to uh, sleep over with my friend. And it was, you know, it was the stuff of horror stories, man. If we put that in film on a, a big screen and you guys went to go see it at a theater, it, it's not going to work, man. Because, you know, it, it's one thing. This is what I have a problem with, with the paranormal field. You know, a, a lot of people want to be famous. They don't want to help. They don't want to give, you know, answers to these big, big questions. So, uh, yes, I, I, I came to a conclusion that whatever I was going through at that time, religion did not have an answer for. Well, did you seek? I, I, I was going to ask you, yeah. because obviously now that you, because you, you work in the paranormal, I, I was going to ask you what kind of protection you take on in the field so you don't bring any of this stuff home with you, especially when you take on a case or you want to solve some kind of a mystery or a riddle that comes your way. Um, I was going to ask you what kind of protection that you, you, you consider spiritually, but you already have something clinging to you. So uh, what, what about it? Not what, now, then. Okay, so did, so did you sought out an exorcism? What would you do? No, I didn't see no exorcism, man. I was a kid. I was eight and a half years old, nine years old. I slunk into a room, the corner of the room, and prayed. You know, that's all I did. But that doesn't. Here's here. Okay, now we're getting deep. Here's here's my issue with the paranormal. Um, you know, what amulet did you use, right? What prayer did you ask? What prayer did you pray? All this stuff, and that makes sense if you only watch the shows, right? If you don't watch the so shows and go into the data sample, the data sample that is says whatever we're dealing with. They don't always obey prayers. Make sense? This is all right. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, this I'll tell you where that makes a little bit more sense to me. When we start talking about the difference, if there is one, many people believe yes. that there isn't a difference between, for example, uh, demons and aliens. I've had um, I have had, and I don't want to get too far away from the basics right now because I still want I want to talk a little bit more about right. the, the the thing of the actual field of demonology. But I have had abductees, one in particular who I've I've tried to make comfortable enough to come on the show and talk about it at some mm -hmm. point in the future, who has told me, Frank, um, for those out there who believe that that aliens are just demons, I, I can tell you right now that it, uh, in my experiences with whatever was taking him um invoking the name of jesus christ did not do anything to help him that it it, right. it wasn't anything that was that was designed to obey that kind of a uh 
you know, a um, invocation. And so and that, that kind of stopped me cold um, hearing that, Thank too. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Honestly. Dude, I've done 400-plus shows. Nobody, I swear to God, nobody will utter those words. Well, right? when, when it comes to the cancel by when it comes know? to the whole when it comes to the the uh, the abduction alien question, yeah, um, he, he was saying it from the standpoint of I'm I'm sure that demons you know uh, demons uh, in, in 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 a proper context like Malachi Martin commanding the the proper authority through Christ to be able to confront right, a right. demon and do his thing. I think that's the most badass thing to listen to him talk about it. But in talking about uh, a non-human entity, like an alien, um, this one abductee told me that it did not do anything for him. It did not make the nightmare stop at all. Right. This is what the data says. Okay? I grew up in dogmatism. You have no idea... Not you in terms of you, but in general. People, when they listen to my shows and watch me on shows, they have no idea what this research has called for me. None. I've lost family members. I've lost friends. Here's why. Because what I'm telling people is the idea of demon, according to the Western scholarship, is wrong. No wonder Malachi Martin's wrong. He's throwing holy water, right? I love Malachi. Don't get me wrong. I was listening to two or three shows of him the other night, sleeping, dude. Just tell, dude, I'm telling you, I love it. But that does not mean he has the authority or scholarship level to tell us what these beings are. We shouldn't listen. As much as I love Malachi Martin, we should be looking at Dr. Carla Turner. Right? People, again, this is why whenever my publicist, okay, we we always put this thing out. They're playing by different rules because they're playing a different game so demonology as a field needs to keep up with what they're doing well i keep on yes i I, well when when i was when i was talking about martin's work i was more so saying that he he, uh he would talk very plainly as you know about the difference between a a psychological problem and of course demonic possession and in that standpoint I I'm I'm pretty convinced that he did uh, he did command the proper experience and authority to understand the, the the entities that he had been facing his entire life. That in context with as I was saying, things separate uh, in a separate category like aliens, whether it be interdimensional, intergalactic, that kind of a thing. Um, that they're being uh, how do you separate them well that's the whole point a lot of people think that there is no separation i don't i don't know i i have seen and heard enough from uh from countless people that i believe are of of good good character to at least right. hold the possibility open that we're talking about different categories of of beings and and uh in just different things that i i would never be able to define um right. I, and especially if we talk about the in, the infinite nature of God's creation, I would never limit him to just humans and then demons. Why not uh, other al- alien beings that are humanoid from either another dimension or another solar system? I don't know. I, I keep my possibilities open. But, um, but well, let me ask you this. What would you believe the role of the demonologist is in modern society? To understand the phenomenon presently. Not to get slack-jawed, not to get, you know, drooling over the pathology of Catholicism. 
Now, what we need to understand about demonology, again, we're in Western time frame, and we're in Western modernity. Like I told you, I can't get on a TV show because they, I swear to God, not that I want to be, but they won't book me because I don't give a shit. Uh, I don't care. Uh, you know, it's all about the definition of what a, a Catholicism means of a demon. And so my point here is that there is a phenomenon here that our ancestors interpreted as demonology. Does that make sense? Demons. Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to make it make sense for, my, for me a little bit, uh, Nathan. Uh, but I know demonology is, is older than the Catholic Church. And, um, and as I said before, I, if you are a Catholic, then you're going to see, you're going to see right. this kind of a thing from a Catholic standpoint. But everybody has their, their own view on how to tackle entities like demons. So I, I, that's, uh, that's the only thing I'm, you know. Right. Yeah, right. So, so there is a, a, okay, so what is happening in antiquity is that we experienced, our ancestors experienced a phenomenon, and we classify that as demonic. Right, and what I'm saying is now our present experiencers, right, they're confronting the same phenomenon, and so throughout history, our ancestors said that's a demon. That very well could be, okay, that very well could be, but if it's even if it's a demon, it's not Catholic demon. It's transcended that microcosm of Catholicism, which we just we just agreed on. But what I'm suggesting is this, that there is an intelligence out there that is neither alien or demon, but that is using both masks to manipulate our species. Case in point, case in point. We talked about this too. Father Sinestro Amino, <laughs> a Franciscan priest thought he was encountering a demon on a dirt path who's praying this entity manifested who am i to say it didn't manifest because it was an alien right okay and then he uses holy water and all of his amulets and the entity looks at him and says it doesn't work on me it's not my faith i don't believe in it and so father sinestrori said well that must be a pagan demon First of all, that's a paradoxical non-truism. Only religion defines what the demon is. God, demon, all that. So what we're dealing with again is not, it's not, it's not scientism versus religion. It's not Catholicism versus demon. What we're dealing with is deeper and darker than anything we can imagine. It's a being that will play alien. And then play Jesus. Right? Mm -hmm. So they'll bleed into our belief systems until they get what they want from us. That's what I'm after. So the titles mean nothing to me. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I've learned this. Yes, I'm sorry. No, no, no. So, so, I'm rambling, bro. No, it's, I'm rambling. I'm so sorry. Well, listen, no, no. So, so are you saying, because... When, when you talk about different different um, cultures and different faiths that that produce, I'm trying to I'm trying to follow along with here, that you say that they're they're all producing pretty much their own 
their own entities. The, you know, there are certain entities that are not responding to one kind of prayer or incantation, but they are responding to others. And that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm along that way. Are you talking about certain? Are you talking about the, the power of a culture to manifest? No, no. Okay. The complete opposite. Complete opposite. What I'm saying is, okay, in my own cases, okay, what you believe, they'll step into. Not that you alter their belief, right? Not that you alter their being. But they have the ability to say, okay, what do you believe in? Not that you offered them. They're independent of you, right? What they're doing, even, okay, they'll say, okay, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. Not that you created Jesus. Follow me? What they'll do is they'll respond according to your belief. Now, I'll, I'll be the Jesus you believe in. So there's an independence of consciousness here. There are two entities involved. There's your mind, right? And then there's something there that will respond to you. Not that you created it. You follow me? You're talking about just deception. Pure and unadulterated deception to the point that I've had cases in my own research in my lifetime where these beings will walk up to a woman looking like a lover. Did she create him, the entity? No. You follow me? But it will look like her lover because it plucked a memory out of her mind and blankets it himself according to the role. It's deeper and darker. Well, then let me ask you this. Then let me ask you this. Well, you're talking about a, a world that's inhabited by these these uh, these beings that yeah. will will be able to pluck things from a person's consciousness that reflects right. their faith, that reflects um, yes. any kind of figure in their life, which is uh, which is either um, I don't know anything that induces fear or love. Anybody, a person that was good or a person that was bad, whatever, for whatever one manipulative reason or another, this. This entity is going to pluck an image and a likeness from your mind and exploit it for one gain. I, I, I would have to imagine some kind of a vampiric, energetic reason. Um, you got you. Because, you got it. You got it. Because they don't. They don't want money. But my, I, I guess. Uh, mm, what was it gonna? Where was it gonna go with that one? It's. I don't know where I was going to go. I, I think it's. I think it's more so. I was thinking about. I was thinking about a lot of the different types of things that we were seeing in demonic world events and how yep. much how much we were seeing when we talk about dis- distraction or um or manipulation deception how much of what we are seeing today is a distraction and how much are we seeing that is a real peek behind the curtain that's what we're always asking ourselves what you are bringing up right now is that question that could be applied on a microcosmic level with right. a, an individual person. We all look at world events and think, and people say, oh, this is completely demonic. We see the Travis Scott concert with the Astro World stuff. We see right. the, the opening ceremonies of the Gothard Tunnel Pass in Switzerland, the, uh, the mock human sacrifice film that CERN or something like that. And, right. um, and, and, and we ask, wow, is, is this a... Is this, what is this? Is this a distraction or is it whatever? That it's I, both. It's, it's, is that it really it? So on an individual level, it's just about harvesting life force. And then on a, on a global level, 
what are we looking at? Same thing, just a, a, a massive industrial scale of that? Well, well let me ask you a question. Um, we've talked before the show, man, you're a smart guy. Let me throw this at you. If I was trying to kill you, what I want you to know? The, I, I, depending on how sadistic you are and depraved. Right, right. If I was trying to deceive you, would I want you to know you're deceived? No. It'd be right. a sm- Let's small... Go Let's go deeper. This is my issue with people who follow occultal, you know, occultism. The, the occult is not the occult. Make sense? I did a show. I did a show the other day. The guy, dude, occult, cold, cold. If it's so much available to us, there's a point in time when it stops being the occult. Right? It's not so much hidden anymore. Does that make sense? Well, that that but that goes hand in hand with what is uh, is is known as the revelation of the method, which is actually a, a way of keeping in, in its own right one last one last line of defense and also a, a, a nice way of of uh, of in, of bringing people into the fold to continue controlling them in a little bit more. I don't know. It's almost like a play to public opinion at that point. I think. It's very apocalyptic in that sense, as it's a revealing, and, and we're definitely in those times right now. But um, it, it's a little bit more of a taunt, if you ask me, because the more I learn about occult uh, ritual and 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 whatnot, you can see how they, they just don't care who notices at this point. Well, if it's hidden, it can't be unhidden, right? If it's noticeable by the public, you know. This is what I deal with. Okay, let's go to let's go to Alistair Crowley. Alistair Crowley didn't invite the public to his rituals, did he? No. Did, okay. Did did did, did uh, Jack Parsons? No. Like, imagine him. Hold on. Imagine him. Imagine him at at, at uh, NASA. Say, hey, can anybody come do this shit? I'm sorry. Did I cuss? My bad. It's fine. You can cuss. Go ahead. My bad. My bad. You, you understand what I'm saying? No, he's not. Just like where I'm at, they're not inviting me to things. See what, what's occurring here again, and I can't stress this enough, is that there is a movement in the field that that um, even with uh, they they will allow us to get close enough, but never to where we can see the the depth of them, right? And so um, it's just like Bledsoe. You know Chris Bledsoe? Uh, I know the name. Bledsoe, okay? This gets even deeper because I know we talk. Okay, look. The evil is never what we can see. When I was eight years old, it's not what I saw. Right? See, if I believed in what, what paranormal, the paranormal field and all this stuff, if I believed the way they believed, my God, I should hate eight-year-old women or girls, right? No, that's that's not the evil. This thing mutated into something, just like it's evolved according to our awareness of the phenomenon. And what I grew up understanding was, hey, listen, there's no version of demonology that fits what we're experiencing at all. We can throw holy water at them, I, I just did a show. How did you get rid of your? How did you separate from your clinger? 
that's a good term for a clinger. <laughs> I love that term, bro. I love it. Um, I don't know, man, honestly, because I've been in haunted houses. I've been in houses where they had to cut up the carpet for people being murdered. Okay? It makes no sense to me. But it there was the, no the, there had me. to be a time where what you were when, yeah. from the mo- from the moment was, from the moment you saw the eight year old apparition to the yeah. nightmares and all that stuff. But uh, there had to be a yeah. time where that just stopped. What what brought about the stop? Uh, at the time, I was failing my grades. Um, I I was staying up all night with my lights on. I would go. I would stay up all night and, and get about thirty minutes of sleep. When my mom was in the shower, <laughs> go to school, flunk out. And then one night after having the same nightmare of a person killing themselves, literally, same nightmare. Anytime I would fall, yeah, I would go into a dream state and the person would pull the gun out and was about to kill himself. That's what I encountered. Um, but there was a time when I crawled up in the corner of my room. I said, uh, about nine years old, 10 years old. I was so small compared to it. This is my prayer. And let me tell you, doesn't it, doesn't it do me any justice, man? Like, I, you know, I don't know why this worked, but all I said was, God, I don't know what this is. I don't know why it's around me, but I, I just can't do it anymore. And, and that was it. I just can't do it anymore. Now, now, what I this gets into back to my my demonological work. I cannot prescribe that to anybody. Yeah, right? I, I, if that worked, it why the hell? Work. If that worked, then why the hell did holy water not work? I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a it's lot. even it's so complicated, man. <laughs> um, but what I know for sure, according to the data, is that I have case studies where people are being abducted and are calling on Jesus. Okay, now why does this matter to me? Because I grew up Jesus' name only. I grew up a Pentecostalist, right? So this matters tremendously to me. And 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 these people, I've had them talk to me. I've been on the phone with them, Skype sessions, all of this. In the middle of, in the name of Jesus, they still get taken. So it gets back to your point, which we're this guy's been doing a whole nother show, whole nother show, man. Back to your point, right? It should watch this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something at you. If it works for one of us, it should work for all of us, right? Well, that, well, that's that's if I would say. Uh, remember, I brought that up as as a as Ooh. an example of of why I believe that there, or, right. at least at this point, there is a separation between demons and alien creatures, right? Because you I know, think it's a brilliant point. Brilliant point. Um. I would consider the fact that these people, these entities, do not follow the same theology we have been taught. Correct. Right. Following that, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Not just that, but they've been using our theology against us. Deeper. 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 Not just that, but maybe it's not them that's wrong. Maybe it's us. Huh? Maybe it's our theology is wrong. But they're acting according to our incorrect theology. So it makes sense. I've been dealing with this stuff for you. Go ahead. No, 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 no. no. Well, it 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 would make sense that that would be that that could be a um, a road in 
to be able to get on in there. It's pretty much what's going on right now in a little bit more of a superficial sense in, in, in Western culture. You have the infiltration of, from a long time ago, people and groups that want to make sure that education is destroyed, that the, the, the symbolism and history of the past is warped and all that stuff. When you talk about, when we talk about um, uh, Christianity, I mean, first of all, I think it was Malachi Martin, since since we know that we have a little that in common right there, he said it in the first, I think it was one of the first two episodes of those those interviews, um, how demonic possession, I don't know how he came up with this number, were up 700% or something like that back in the 1990s. And that major contributing factors to that, not only the the, the basic decline in what we were, what's going on in society, the degradation of our morality and all that, but it's also the diminishing of faith, the weakening of the right of the, it's what seemed to be a deliberate weakening of the right of exorcism. But still, I, uh, I, I think about more, more so of that. I, I've seen that we have had all of our moral and religious centers twisted from the inside, and it's left us completely open for all kinds of attack. I, I don't know if they, they took the pure theology, uh, the pure dogma, and used it against us. They had to pervert it and destroy it, and again, took on that deceptive form. So I don't know, um, I don't know if that's us being wrong from the onset. You consider, okay, let me, let me throw this at you real quick. Um, I love Malachi Martin. Mm-hmm. Did you know he was killed? Yes. Just well, I, I know, I know, I know, I know of his death and how mysterious it was. Do you know what happened to him? Thrown down the stairs or something like that? No, no. He was working with a six-year-old, five or six-year-old. Went to a house. She was possessed. This is what I'm talking about. About the paranormal boundaries. We don't know where their power begins and where it ends. That's the issue. She was possessed. He was in Connecticut, snowy day. But he was physically assaulted during this, during, around this time of this this exorcism. There was a physical aspect to this. No, he died in his his library. He was he had a stool underneath him. He was looking at a book to get a book, and a shadow figure. This is what I'm telling you. We have been taught things. And the blueprint does not, this is what I grew up with, man. This is, as an eight-year-old kid, what I realized is this is what I know, this is what it, and it doesn't fit. There's a, a misconnection, it's a disconnection, okay? Disconnection. Yes, he was, uh, he was on a stool picking up a book, and he said, I saw a shadow figure, and it kicked the stool underneath him out. He hit his head, his temple, on the corner of a table. He even called people telling them that see again I, if i cannot please I, i'm not saying this because i love you guys but you know i i would love to be on the show again i, I just I, I don't mean to to just we have to determine the field it's not enough for what we believe in that's fine they know that they know that they, they they've always known that we have to figure out what they believe in and what faith they have. Oh, so you think that this is a, this is a... Same phenomenon, same phenomenon. 
that the demons are on a religious crusade of their own. I think that, uh, you know... Because you, you, you said belief. You said it's a belief system that they're wor they're working on. They're, they're working according to our belief system, not theirs. But you say it's you want to figure out what theirs is. Right. And so, you know, the age-old question was, how are they falling on Lucifer at the morning? Right? And they go through this, until iniquity was found in you. If he's so good, who put the iniquity in there? This is deeper than this is one conversation. My point is this then. Oh, the phenomenon reacts according to our belief. I have case studies of women who have had six miscarriages, and when they were abducted, Jesus manifested. So we cannot trust any religion right now. I don't care what it is. We cannot. Do you believe just like it's okay, so we can so that would be a uh that would be, oh, I mean, that's that's a tough one right there. Because I mean, at least for me, that's a tough one for me to swallow. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, give me the name. Yeshua? Nope. Well, the name of who? Jesus. Well, what, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, it's it's tough for me to 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 say that anything that could have been a uh, a firewall for us spiritually in the past that has been whittled away and left us naked as of right now to 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 completely abandon ship. And just be a leaf blown in the wind with all these demonic forces around us and those who are of malevolent intent who know what they're doing and those of us who are now babes in the woods. I, I don't know how that would help just to completely be naked in the woods. Look, I, I, I'm going to talk about the data. Look, I, I have cases right now. People celebrate Halloween because they can take what they're afraid of. They'll, they'll, here, here's what we're not ready for. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. um, it's case studies like I have, okay, of of a lady who was, uh, it's in this book, uh, Beyond UFOs. I took a week off, flew out of town, flew out of state in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, right? My Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, all this. In the middle of this, her eyes roll back in her head, they take her. This is this is not to religion is not ready for this problem. So what, could you if you can tell me what what do you think the problem is then? I mean wh wh what it is what would need to be what could actually be a weapon if not for trying to figure out where we are as a uh, as a human uh, human species and and our and the faiths of the uh, of the past and the faiths that we hold dear still this, to this day. I mean there are some people who don't have uh who don't have too many, too many worries in that. Uh, in that, is it just a certain type of person who is getting abducted or is getting possessed? And um, are you saying that demons conduct abductions? Are we talking about the same thing still when we talk about a uh, taken? What 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 is your definition of demon? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. That's what I, I brought you on to talk about. I, I wanted to. I right. wanted to. But but it's, one thing I would say is a characteristic of a demon is something um, I have heard filled in from time to time, and I, it's never taken on the characteristic of an actual physical, uh, physically abducting alien uh, or something like that. When you say uh, a person has been taken, are you talking about a uh, possession or are you talking about a physical abduction? Both. Both. Okay. Both, man. 
This is, dude, this is not Jeffrey Dahmer, man. We at least knew who Jeffrey Dahmer was. This is deeper. This is so far deeper. There are case studies here where people are possessed by abduction. People, literally, we have one case study who the, the, the young man was saying he's about, uh, according to this, this book, 21 years old. He's reminiscing. He said, I was 12 years old. He said, when I remember a light shining into my room and something crawling into my eyes, and suddenly I'm in a ship, and I'm this is nuts, but it's occurring. I'm telling you, this is bigger than demonology, and I'm not a good enough demonologist. I swear to God, I'm not doing my best, but this is bigger. But he said this. He said, as I'm preparing for bed, something came over me. Instantly, I'm looking outside of a ship that's approaching my house and abducting me. He was in the ship seeing out and looking at his own body being abducted. We talked about this. It's by location. He's in two places at the same time. This is far darker than Malachi Martin. I love Malachi. I swear to God, I do. He's amazing. But what we're experiencing right now is deeper and darker than anything he encountered. And I'll shut up. No, I, I'm. I'm. I'm actually. It's. It, it really makes me wonder I'm because I'm bouncing between as you're talking I'm bouncing between aliens and demons I'm bouncing between haunted houses and you know the black knight satellite I'm bouncing between all, all of these different types of things that are conflicting in my head and I, we're and expanding I, that's well, good we're oh, expanding yeah that's well, amazing that's I, I, amazing I, there's it, it's it's a little more confusing right. than it is than it is uh um I don't know, enlightening at this point. Obviously, we probably have a little bit, a little bit more ways to go, and more questions I have to ask as time goes on. But since since yeah. we're since we're coming up on on the end of on the end of, of session one here, I guess I guess my bigger question as we're, we're we're now starting to pick through your experiences, your views of the world, and of course your assessment of the of the opposition, which is I mean, there's nothing that you're describing right now that that seems friendly. It seems like you are describing it's the op- it's a, it's the opposition. So when it comes to demonic world events, we we talking about all the things that these cat and mouse games and the revelation of the method. What do you believe? Um, what do you think is behind missing four one one cases? What what accounts for? cryptids like 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 cryptids like mothman or something i mean as i said before in the tech age we are now seeing instances of group manifestation things that were created on the internet that that actually became a little bit more of a real physical presence in people's lives like like slender man and all this stuff are, are, is what are we what are we let's start with missing 411 and and cryptids what what is that? Are those aliens? Are those demons? What what are the what are the stories of of humanoid figures that show up in time of great distress and and whatnot? Because the, 
I'm having such a hard time trying to compromise or reconcile the physical from the spiritual and having them be the same thing. I, I don't understand it. Well, I would suggest that there are researchers that are looking at the missing people who salt Bigfoot. Yeah. So there's going to be people missing who salt Bigfoot. Can't tell you, but I, I'm in talks with them right now, right? What we're looking at in the field is, even with this in 411, um, the phenomenon, just like with the UFO, will give you something to follow. They're gone. Now, Dealing with this idea of missing 411 David Pilates, his idea is, is so fascinating because he evolved, right? They're missing. Well, now he's, they're missing. They've never been returned. And that was always what it was. I love It was a little bit. But uh, now what I'm looking at and what the field is looking at is that many of abductees have been abducted and they've never been returned. That's the scariest aspect of this field. Right? This ought to scare everybody. You know, people think, okay, uh, Jason and all this stuff is so scary. It's not. It's not. Because at least we can anticipate that. That's why they show it to us as entertainment. We at least, oh, my God, I wouldn't go there. Why did they? You know what I mean? <laughs> hmm. They got murdered or whatever. I would never. No, 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 no. Go out there with your family. Right? This, this darkness and evil is hiding in the corners of our blindness it's there that's just the eyes even our belief systems have no ability to 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 capitalize to to you know none of that okay so then what about then the, the okay so let me let me round it out with this so we can we can end on a on a pretty i don't know at least a neutral if not positive note <laughs> at least a neutral note when you think about you think about the the kind of the, the I don't know the grid that has been laid this unseen grid that's over us. There's portals that are opening and closing. People are getting gobbled up inside of national parks all over the place. I'm sure it right. happens in cities as well. You have sightings of Bigfoot or Mothman or or prehistoric birds here, there, and the other place. There are so many places you can go to blow the mind and talk about local legends and lore and and all that and. I, I, I have to imagine that we just start gravitating toward the little bit more creepy side of things because it tickles a certain part of us that we like getting tickled. But what about the opposite of that? Are there any positive, benevolent forces in opposition to everything that you're talking about here? Uh, why, and if not, uh, I mean, it just sounds weird that there would be nothing there trying to fight for something that is good. It just sounds like we're uh, we're like fish in a fish tank, and and there's just we're being I don't know I don't know fish in a barrel for for all these demonic forces. Nothing coming to our our uh, assistance at all. Uh, you like chicken? Yeah, chicken's pretty good. You ever watch a chicken die? Uh, yeah. Okay, is that chicken's mom alive? Yeah. It is there, is there a chicken that farmed that chicken that you ate? Yeah. 
Is there a chicken that farmed the chicken? No. Is there a farmer that farmed the chicken? Yes. Yes. This is an... <laughs> All right. Uh, but but chicken, is, uh, chickens don't exist because of the farmer, though. Uh, that's right. So they keep us alive. So what I'm saying is there's always, okay, uh, there's always been this hypothesis. <clears throat> if they're a threat, why don't they kill us all, right? It's kind of obvious, you know. Well, we don't kill chickens, all of them. Doesn't mean we use them to replicate their species. Well, this is what they're doing with us, okay? Um, yeah, they're playing by different rules because they're playing a different game. And um, the reason I came on here with you guys, man, I, just, I wanted you to know, guys, like, literally, uh, demonology is failing. There's no demonologist alive right now, Catholic or otherwise. I, it's bigger. It's bigger than demonology. Um. I had a case with a guy who was a remote viewer. And I guarantee you, man, I'm getting hated on. I, I get it. I don't care, man. It's all good. Um, but no, I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm. I'm having a good time with you, Nathan. But I don't. No, I, I hope no, you. We're good. <laughs> I, I hope you. I hope you are too. I. Uh, this is just the way I'm. 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 I'm glad that you're fielding all my questions, and I'm. I'm really having a good time with you. But so. So don't. Please don't feel inhibited at all. To no, to you're good. Your... You're good. I have. Okay. Here's what we're dealing with. We have no idea. What we're dealing with. How about that? Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah no. 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 I. I. Hey. I know. That's why I like bringing stop. <laughs> I, I, I. That's why I like Pretty show, man. I love it. I love it. I want to. I want to go into the unknown, and uh, but I, I think it's a. It's a. It's something that goes well for us to that we're actually getting into a phase of asking bigger questions like this, no matter how questions. you know, right? Outlandish they are to normal average people who don't poke around into this it's not normal for people to be talking about this but i think that the more normal it becomes the the better our chances of actually breaking through on the other side with uh with some questions so that we are not the proverbial chicken over and over again anyway nathaniel i think that this is a great place to stop because i have so many other things to talk about we'll save them for the next time how can people find your work because as i said I, I linked you in the I linked your uh, your yeah. YouTube in the description of this episode there, but um, you don't you don't have a URL, so I, I wanted to just send more people your way. Sorry, man. I'm on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. I was on Twitter, but I found that most ufologists they suck, and so I got off there as soon as I could. Now I'm not doing that. So, anyways, man, that's how you can actually find me. I'm not doing any more case studies, and. Uh, I'm just honored to be back or be with you guys, man. Honestly, it's, it's it's a new show for me, and I hope I represented my research well. And uh, thank you so much. God bless you for allowing me to be on. Oh, it, 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 listen, I'm I'm really appreciative of you being here, and I'm I can't wait to take some calls afterwards. Yeah, no, this is one of those hot button issues. There are people who are who see this from a couple of different perspective, many different perspectives, and uh, and are usually entrenched in what they see. So I am I'm expecting all types of feedback. It's uh, going to be all kinds, bro. It's oh yeah. Yes, yeah, no, I can't <laughs> and I can't wait for it. So but thank you for the time here tonight, man. And yep. we will be in touch and and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week.
Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. There Love you me. go. Nathaniel Gillis, ladies and gentlemen, hanging out. And now he is off. And now it's you and I. You and I. And at 8.22 p.m., we're going to be right back in just a little bit. We're going to take a quick intermission. And i got to see what you guys and gals are saying. Um, my line of questioning maybe gives you a little bit of a, uh, a hint as to where where I was following and sometimes not following, and um, but I, this is what talk radio is all about, so let's get some talking going on, all right? Be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite got a little bit cold in here during the intermission, so I had to put my sweater back on. I already see some people are making disparaging comments about me. Anyway, it's the blue sweater. I love this one. I wanted to get around to a few things before we take some calls. Number one is going to be on our Super Chats. And then we have a couple of birthdays and all that other. Here's a birthday for you. Hey, Frank. I have a friend, Karina, who subscribes to your show. She's, she's even named one of her cats after you. Can you please wish her a happy birthday on your show? October 4th, pretty, pretty please. Jen. Karina, I got to see what this cat named after me looks like. Very beautiful. All right, people are really being disparaging toward me in the chat over this sweater. And I thought it was a nice thing. You know what? I'm calling Lauren. 
I'm calling Lauren. I have her saved in here somewhere. No, oh, there. Hello? Lauren. Frank? Yes, I'm on air right now. You're on air with me. Hi, everybody. Hi, Frank. Hi. Hi. Um, people say that the blue sweater that you and Aurora bought me is gay. Well, I'm not sure what to say. I really like the sweater, and so did Aurora. Yeah. And we bought it with, you know, the best intentions. It's they're, a great color on you. They're also making fun of my body. They're saying... They're saying that it makes my boobs, they're saying something about boobs. It makes, it's making me insecure. Well, I think they should stop looking at your body like you're some piece of meat. I know. It's, it's pretty, it's disconcerting. It really is. Here I thought we were some of the greatest minds on the internet and we're talking about your boobs. Oh, well, I, I mean. Which, by the way, if anybody would know, there are no boobs under that shirt. That um, you know, should be. I told them it's a bunch of bad comments about. Uh, yeah, I told them it's a bunch. It's just it's just the way that this the shirt rests that I don't actually. Yeah, and the zipper in the middle. It kind of just like, you know. I um, know. you I know, I think it looks great. Well, one thing I will give, I will, I will say that they're right about. Somebody in the chat room had made a comment about the big pocket I have in front. Um, yeah. It's not a pocket. This right, right here is not a pocket. It is a useless flap. Yeah. It, it yeah. looks like it, the... We, we were disappointed to find out it was not a pocket. This, I, I, do, I do accept all the criticism about this flap. It's almost like wearing the world's shortest skirt. It's, yeah. It's, this, is, this, is, this is pointless. This is, not a, this is not a... It does have a muff. See, my hands are in the yeah. muff. Yeah. I don't know, Lauren. Yeah. I, well, in, in my defense, I did not... No, the flap was not a pocket. I did not even check. We were just trying to do something nice, everybody. Well, we'll blame this you on know, blame this I on like Aurora. Colors, and yeah, Aurora did pick it out. So you guys be nice. Okay. Well, thanks. Okay. I just want to. And I love you, Frank. I think you're very handsome, and I, I like your boots. Do, do you, I was going to say, is, is do you think that my body is is as is as bad as they say it is? Um. No. Okay. I, I love your body, honey. Thank no matter you. the size it is. Okay, I'm not so insecure anymore. I'll see you later. Okay. Love you. Love bye. You. All right, bye. <laughs> Thank gosh she is always there. All right. What else do we have? Let's go to uh let's go to the super chats. That will take some calls. Kirk Hammett says great Kirk Hammett. Oh, this is gonna be great. The lead guitarist of Metallica is in the chat, and, and of course, they only, all of the great, the biggest celebrities that have ever sent a super chat into this show have only ever sent a dollar. Kirk Hammett says, great show, Frank, but I just wanted to comment on the news article you read. It's 100% accurate. I play guitar to attract, <laughs> I play guitar to attract men. Oh, gosh. Golly. Kala Patriot says, My six-year-old granddaughter loves your show. She sings the entire intro, missing a few words here and there, but never too early to inform. 
Love the shows. Well, hello, six-year-old granddaughter. That's great. You know, I've never played on my uh, on the drum, you know, whenever we do iPod jams or anything like that. I've actually never played Son of Sam. i got to put that on the list because when we get back from the mountains, what is on the to-do here is to not only give this place a nice fall cleaning, but also get into the music room and take things really down to uh, basics with lighting and with uh, and with getting enough enough musical equipment in there for people to just plug and play. So that's going to be great, and I'm going to have to get a new computer in there. I'll make sure that I get in there afterwards and, uh, you know, play some more. Then the six-year-old granddaughter is going to love it because I think that, that the middle part of that song is awesome. It's a great middle part. All right, Crack Your Barrel says, thanks. Thank you, Crack Your Barrel. AOs says, I sent a lengthy email, but here's a few bucks to support the show. Happy October, Ashley and Phil. I think that might have been my uh, birthday last night. The the husband that did not give us the, the, the wife's name. I think her name was Ashley. I think that might be Phil. So there you have it. All right, uh, nothing on... We have nothing here about the subject matter so far. So we will go into Foxhole and see what's going on there. Sean Joe, thank you. Uh, Tam Growl, Sean Joe again. C Blanche, Bulldog Bug, call in. I got 914-595-6953. That's open. And the Discord is open as well. I want to hear people's thoughts. Ohio Kimmy. Bulldog says, have fun in the Adirondacks, brother. See you on the flip side. You're damn right. I can't wait. Coming back after that is always, I just feel like the batteries have been properly charged. There's nothing to do but just chill. Homegoy says, always enjoy you and your content. You always make your audience and guests feel like we're part of a family. I'm glad. I'm glad, Homegoy. I'm glad. That's what these nights are are supposed to be all about h2o maven thank you let's go to kim in the high desert what's going on kim hi Frank. how are you i'm doing i'm doing well how are you feeling i'm feeling really good we've had a busy week with the baby but it's been lovely awesome i wanted to probably inform you that i think that your sweater is a breast a nurse a nursing sweater like a breastfeeding sweater that's what that zipper for oh yeah. I, think I, have, I think i have one like that no, this this is what the flap is for. I don't know, everybody. Yes, you might pull your boob out. That's what I do. I've been nursing a baby here and there for like eight years now, and that's what my sweaters look like. Well, well, I mean, I I don't I don't know. We'll we'll see, we'll see. But you know, I don't know why the accentuation of of the uh, of the chest with this thing. Everybody started going nuts. So I, I'm just I'm just letting everybody. Know. I I had to put it on. It was getting cold in here, so. Anyway. Well, I appreciate it. It looks good. You're, 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 what do you call that? Representing all of nursing moms in our booth. Um, Great. Yeah, but I did, I, I like your, your guest, um, Nathan. I just think he was a little bit nervous and didn't want, like, didn't really uh, get his point across well. I think he was maybe starstruck by you. I don't know about the starstruck, but I, you know, I did pick up a little bit of nerves. But, but then again, he, he does this. Uh, he has a pretty public job and, uh, and well researched. My, my, my thing, 
Kim along the way was just uh, consistency in, I was just trying to find something that tied it all together. If we yeah. were, if we're talking about a, for example, Timothy Alberino. When Timothy Alberino comes on and talks about the, the ancient battles of the Bible, the battle between heaven and hell, when he talks about uh, 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 demons, when he talks about any kind of angelic uh, fig, uh, uh, figure, he talks about angelic and demonic figures and, and, um, and entities that actually do use craft. He was talking about that. Um, so when so I feel like when we have somebody like Tim on to have those conversations, that at least whether I mean I don't I don't know what I I believe I love hearing about it, but it, that at least has a consistent thread going throughout it all. Uh, over the last hour, and thank you for the call so much. Send my love to the to baby over there. Um, oh yes, cool. Okay. Have a good one, Kim. But over the last hour, my problem was I was trying to find consistency between. Are we talking off-world, uh, non-terrestrial beings? Are we talking about something that is in our galactic neighborhood? Are we talking about an interdimensional model? Or are we strictly talking about angels and demons? In that respect, Timothy Alberino has said things that would that would that makes it seem like you could be taken into an angel or a demon's craft that there there is some level of technology there but it was um it did, it wasn't as cohesive that's why I was asking a lot of questions you know me I, I i like i like letting people rock out um but i i had to i had to ask a lot of questions cuz i was i was curious and i was confused at the same time all right let's go into the discord Oh, uh, Abe, are you there? I see you hanging around. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Well, I'm calling about the splatter. What? I'm calling about the splatter. Are you talking about the sweater? Oh, well, now what? Yeah. I, I mean, I just think it really brings out your voluptuous, like, your your eyes, and uh, I think it really makes you, you glow. Uh, I think it really, like... Kind of, uh, kind of gives you this like feminine nature. I, I'm trying to say nice tits. Is what I'm saying. Nice tits. Thanks, thanks. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to move on here. I'm trying to grow. I'm yeah. Tr I'm trying to be. It was very pro progressive of you. No, well, I, I listen. I, I, I'm sorry what the what the what the sweater looks like, but uh, I don't know what everybody's talking about. Stop. I, it's not not really a big deal. Well, it's not. I, I can't believe is this a bit. No, I'm just wearing a sweater. There's nothing. There's nothing going on. I can't. I don't know what the hell everybody's talking about. Halloween prank on all of us. <laughs> it's not a prank. I just don't know what you're talking about. People think that it has a weird bunch. Right, you look, hey, 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 you look beautiful. I'm sorry. You look beautiful. Thanks. Hey, I was. You were talking about Timothy Alberino. One more thing, since I'm doing. I'm your special correspondent. I had heard him. On a late night coast to coast episode, he actually dropped in as like a side guest, and you know I don't want to jump to conclusions, but uh, he started talking, and you could tell he was walking around the house, and I heard several cats meowing in the <laughs> background. I'm not saying that means anything, but I am saying it might mean something. 
What do you think it might mean? Do you think that, that is, those are his housemates? Do you think it's his, uh, it, was it him? What? What is a housemate? Yeah, how would you define a housemate? Uh, the, the rest. Because, uh, what could this cat be? Um, but yeah, he's a, most likely a cat person. TLDR, Timothy Alberino is most likely a cat person. Frank's too nice to say it. But we all know it. Everyone who knows knows. And uh, I'm just going to tell you that there are signs out there. Now, you don't have to jump to conclusions like myself. Not all of us uh, are willing to take such a risk. But I just wanted to call in and mention your uh, beautiful blue tits and Timothy's a cat person. Well, Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Abe. There you go. I I mean, he's going to be on the show on October 20th or 21st, so... uh, if I have to talk about it, if I have to ask him about it, then I'll I'll do it. Let's take a f- call from 412. You're on the air. What's going on, 412? Hello. Um, I was calling about the immunologist. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I think you're on speakerphone right now. Oh, okay. I'll get off. Yes. Okay. Is that better? Oh, yes. Light years. Okay, um, I just thought it was so interesting because the little girl that he saw in the room, mm. um, I see things all the time since I've been little and now I'm uh, very grown up. And um, on the positive note that you came for, I think that you can, I think they don't have much power on their own and they're sort of parasitic. And they can only con you into using your power, sort of like what we're experiencing in the political world today. But I, it was interesting that he said the little girl because I saw, um, I was 16 and I was out playing and I saw a little girl in old fashioned dress in the middle of the daytime. And then later that night, the same little girl showed up in my room and I did the thing where you go under the covers, oh my God, you know, like, I'll just chill out, I'll stay under the covers, when I come out, it'll be gone, I'm just seeing things. I came out, and the little girl was still sitting there, but her eyes went completely black, and she gave me this. It was all the more demonic, because she was in a beautiful little girl's body, but the eyes went black, and it gave me this sickening grin, like, you thought I'd be gone, didn't you? And I actually had to run past the thing to get out of my room. But on a positive note, I've done a lot of work, and I worked with um, this um, Jean-Pierre Barral of the Barral Institute, and I watched him work with a client who had a demon. And he was just real matter-of-fact, like, I see you. And... um, you know, you can do all whatever theatrics you want to do, but by the time I'm finished, you'll either be gone or you'll be changed. Um, so I think there are some positives. And you were able to, you were, you were able to head on today. And you were able to get rid of this. Like, he was overwhelmed. So, so you were able to get rid of this this thing that was happening to you. No, I still see. <laughs> Oh, okay. But I don't invite the awful ones. Um, I have mostly good experiences 
And I'm afraid this young man would perceive that as, oh, those are just pretending to be good to um, manipulate you in some way. Well, that's my whole another. that's my whole thing there, and I appreciate the call on that. And I I want to I want to roll on that a little bit. Thank you for the call. I want to roll on that because another thing that was getting me was this this whole this whole thought or line of thinking that there is nothing to be trusted. Nothing to be trusted. Now, I'm not looking to commune with anything. With anything out there, I'm not playing with Ouija boards. I'm nothing like that. And I but I I do believe and I've had this conversation with a number number of people. There is definitely some kind of a there's a source, a source People are able to tap into from uh, using multiple religions as a as a launch point. There's a source that people are able to tap into, um, and and I just I wonder about that. It's like if people can fortify their their souls, if they are belong to a religion and they they practice some really karmically. Good stuff. For example, the golden rule in Christianity is a very karmically sound rule of being able to, uh, you know, eye for an eye is as ancient as it's ever been. What you put in, you get back. How you want to be treated, you treat others. It is a very, and, and, and debt and debts must be paid. It's a, it's a very, very karmic thing. And um, and I tell you to to th- to think about that, and to try to put yourself in a position where nothing can nothing can stand nothing can fortify your soul, nothing can nothing can keep one entity away. Nobody has the authority to command a demonic entity. I, 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 I that that right there. It's a really tough sell. That's what makes me believe we're talking about something that isn't of that world. Because obviously, how many people have prayed in earnest with their entire being moments before they died at the hands of a psychopath? The prayer doesn't stop the psychopath from, from, from pulling the trigger or anything else like that. They're saying prayers. Think about how many people of good faith who have been killed by psychopaths here on earth have prayed until their their dying breath now that is one that that's what I when I think about okay well your faith in Christ and um, and 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 the prayers that you fortify your soul with and the things that you know about the other side and how your relationship with it can can really um, knowing that going into that relationship or those interactions will keep you safe and uh, at least in that respect it makes me think that we're talking about something of a physical nature whether it's again from not of this earth but in our galactic neighborhood or some interdimensional something that has come through a rip in the wall because of one nuclear explosion or another that's caused that rip and brought something on it. Who the hell knows? But that, that's what—that's where I, my confusion goes to. Um, that there's no way to fortify, and obviously deception is the name of the game for everything. 
So those are things left unanswered for me. Um, let's take so, let's take a call from Hang Ten Alien Surfer. What's going on, Hang Ten? Hey, Hang Ten, three, two, one, away he goes. Five oh seven, you're on the air. How you doing? Holy shit, it's Frank. Who's this? This is B. Beast. B, just B. Okay, what's going on, B? How you been? Well, I was going to call and rip on your boobs, but I noticed that they're gone now. What are you talking about? <laughs> I I don't understand boobs. I don't understand. I okay. Well, if you're gonna uh, just 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 pull the sweater down. Just it, just it a low blow. The other night. Just a low. This is another low blow coming from people I thought I could trust. <laughs> so what what's on your mind? Hey, I, I, well, I was calling about the uh, whole topic of Nathaniel. Okay. And I think he was actually pretty nervous on your platform. Oh yeah, no. Listen, I I, I always see. Then I I try to be as. That's why I, you know, I, I conduct the shows the way I do. And but he does a lot of great stuff. And there's a little bit of nerves there, but it's okay. And he'll come. We'll get him back again one day, and we'll have something more specific to talk about. Obviously, I was I, I'm I'm putting on a man's shoulders the uh, the responsibility of defining an entire field of study and how we could. Right. How it could be useful to, in understanding the world around us. So listen, there's a, there's plenty of places to get tripped up in, but I think he did pretty well. There's a lot to still right. untie, a lot to still untie because a lot of it is speculation based on personal case studies. Somebody else might find something else. Um, no, I'm going to tell you, I I bought a hundred year old home, pretty much sight unseen, and when I moved in, there was a pattern of behavior in my home. Every night, I would hear my kitchen floor creak twice, and then the refrigerator motor would clunk. Mm. And I never, I never thought anything of it until I confronted it, and I never heard it again. But then a few years ago, my wife and I are sitting up in bed. Must have been about midnight. Nothing going on, no furnace kicking in or anything, and our bedroom door slammed shut, like, with force. It wasn't a suction of the wind, and freaked my wife out, and I said, don't worry about it, it's probably just the wind. Tried to calm her down, opened the door again, same thing happened. And that's when it kind of spooked me. So, I mean, there is some truth to what he's talking about. But I just thought I'd give you a call. Well, I I, I don't. Uh, I was definitely taken in a lot. I didn't think that um, that he was really off by much, or or at all. I'm not. At, at, uh, my big my bigger thing that I wanted to try to get down to was how it. Um, how do you differentiate between entities and where where do you know how do we defend ourselves? How does the demonologist defend themselves you know when you go to work at a a laboratory somewhere and you're dealing with radioactive materials if you believe that radioactive materials exist um you put you put your hands through the big lead gloves in the incubator and you're able to to deal with this stuff without taking it home with you and potentially getting yourself sick um i think that where things started really going 
down crazy rabbit holes, but and and I I don't say crazy as a as a derogatory thing. I love talking about things that are really outside of the outside the box, but it was more so how does a demonologist, one who is investigating things that are that are in this vein, how do they protect themselves, especially if they believe that there is no amulets, there is no prayer, there is no deity that can actually help you because they have they these demons have rules of their own and beliefs of their own and they're they've used our beliefs against us that is um that's how do you play with fire without getting burned right right but at the same but the other at the other time the other time how do you play with fire without being burned but we all know that fire has a weakness and it's usually water and for to think that demons are there are somehow they work on their own rules on their own terms and there is no kind of parameters to their existence that binds them to one one way or there, there's no authority that they answer to or no authority that they would they would cower before that is something that i don't i don't understand um there's got to be they some... believe you exist and you have to believe they exist it's a realm of consciousness i believe and I think there's a difference between the demons and the ghosts, like what he's saying, because consciousness all occupies time, and I think the time can be a little fuzzy sometimes. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's one thing. That's why we have these holidays, you know, and these equinoxes, and it's where the veil thins. Yes, you know, I, I think there's something there. Uh, and, and I thank you for the call, B. I hope you call in more often. It's, it's great to hear from you, and thank you for the compliment on the shirt. Love you, Frank. All right, have a good one, my friend. Um, so uh, uh, let me see. Here's the def- definition of a poltergeist. A ghost that manifests itself by noises, rappings, and other creations of disorder. So the poltergeist is supposedly a ghost that gives itself over to more mischievous and taunting activity. When when Nathaniel says that that a demon is a ghost that has mutated, the first person I wanted to call up was Timothy Alberino and ask him what he thought. You know, like to, to like lead a a panel on on the whole thing because to think I've only ever thought that demons were were uh, were creatures of creation. That. That they were that they they predate most of our civilizations, and they are just they are there. They have been as they've been there from the beginning um, of all this thing on all this stuff unfolding. So I, I would love to to get a little bit more on that. Uh, the the thought of being a person who, in one way or another, is it leaves this earth in a traumatic fashion. Uh, it gets uh, it stays behind is a ghost, has some kind of residual copy of its existence that stays here and has some kind of conscious or autonomy or or anything like that, I don't know how that could mutate how I could theoretically become a demon. 
I, I just thought that that title was reserved for something a lot more ancient and a lot more original. So th- those were things along the way that I, I, I wondered about and, um, and still do. Uh, so let's, let's take one more call. It's 8.54, then we're going to be off for the night and for the next couple of days. Here we go. Space Ghost Diane. What's going on, Space Coast? Sorry, Space Coast, not Space Ghost. Yes, um, I wanted to um, discuss with you, you were wondering about the differences. Yes, Diane, um, you have to turn off the, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Diane, you have to turn off the, uh, the, the stream in the background. I got it off. Okay. 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 Um, a, a demon, never human. Um, spirit was human, or human soul, ghost was human, human soul. A ghost is trapped, a spirit can travel um, back and forth. Um, Demon entities go on their own, propelling, they do not require like a spaceship or anything like that, so your aliens are not demons. Um, To the best of my knowledge, they, you know, travel upon their own power. And they can transcend through portals um, from one dimension to another. There has to be an opening of some sort. People can allow themselves open to possession. Um, oh, gosh, I'm trying to get my thoughts straight here. Hey, no, hey, listen, you've already, you've already um, laid out. As simple as possible. You, you have you. been. You already um, have. I think, I think Space Coast, I think, Diane, the, uh, the, the greatest thing that you have contributed in the phone call so far, and it's been a great call, is that distinction that uh, demons were never human. And uh, as an origin point. That's that's the thing that I have I have always grown up, especially since I I started developing an interest in all this stuff. That's the one thing I've always carried with me as well. That they were never that they may be able to mess with humans, inhabit humans, and and tempt and lure and destroy them, but that their origin stories were not of the flesh. So I I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate the call. I do have to start wrapping up, but but thank you because what you gave us there. I really, uh, I think it was good to have those those lines presented in the that way. The one other point I wanted to let you know about was for those who drink fluorinated water, that dulls your senses, which would allow you to know when you're um, coming in contact with different entities. Um, but if you don't drink fluorinated water, it helps you to be more aware of the spiritual realm. Um, you know, before I get off the phone with you real quick, I think you're talking about the decalcification of the pineal gland. Is that what you're talking about? I don't know. I just was always, you know, brought up to believe that the fluorinated water was the bad thing. So, oh, it is. It, it does um, a lot there. It does a lot there for taking away. And thanks again for the call, Diane. It takes a lot of, uh, away from a person in a, um, I don't know. It makes them a lot more docile, a lot more dulled. We know it has been scientifically proven now that it is a prime candidate for lowering the IQ of a person or of a of a country if you're going to 
pretend that you care so much about their their dental health that you put the fluoride in the water for everybody. That ridiculous ploy. But for those of you out there who know what I'm talking about with the, the, the pineal gland and everybody saying how it, it calcifies and that really that really disconnects us from a lot of our more innate psychic and spiritual talents. I was just wondering how long you can email me this and we'll we'll pick this up on the other end maybe next week and I'll and it could be a good thing to bring up with people like Timothy Alvarino or anybody else that comes on um, that works in this respect. How long does it take to decalcify it? I mean, I, I've been drinking. I have not been drinking tap water now since midsummer 2020. I, I stay away from almost all tap water. There's been some situations on. We'll go on vacation and and I'll I'll buy 24 packs of bottled water just so we have something else. I know that's not. That's probably the tap from from just somewhere else. They say it's from a spring, but uh, who the hell knows? somebody's toilet spring i don't know but i what i will say is that 97 percent at least of my and lauren and 100 percent of aurora aurora has had nothing but the finest filtered water no fluoride none of that stuff since she was in the womb so i just wonder how long it takes and if that's the only thing that needs to be done in order to, uh, to 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 set things in the little bit more of the recovery and and um, the revitalization path for the brain, you guys let me know about that. That would be interesting to to put out there. All right, let's go to the super chats one more time because it is nine o'clock and I have got to go to my buddy's place to pick up a couple of lumps of pizza dough. Because there is nothing but bad pizza up in the mountains. So if we're going to make any pizza, it's going to be dough made here with local water. Fluoridated water. Irina says, I used to have out-of-body experiences and felt strange presence in my room at night. That would freak me out. And only praying made that go away completely. It's the prayer. It's the... There's... There's the combination of the prayer, the faith of the person, the energy, the will. That's why I was saying it's incredible how some people, many people across many different faiths are able to tap into something, especially when it comes to power of, of intention, uh, vibration, law of attraction, whatever you like to, to call it. There's something about that. That's why I'm saying if there are creatures out there that are completely impervious to this, then we can't be talking about demons or any other spiritual um, nuisance that has uh, has to obey a higher authority. Now, in a physical in the physical uh, realm, they don't have to they don't have nothing they don't have to be uh, scared by any kind of a prayer that you t- you uh you pray over yourself or anybody else if there's something out there that's something in the woods that's hunting you down a, a mountain lion it's they're not gonna, it's not going to keep them away they're running on instinct and they're on a different plane of existence here but anyway there's that Jesse Woke says, I'm sorry to nitpick, but the golden rule is not based uh, in Christianity. That's common, common misconception. I'm talking 
the golden rule, that's something that we, we come up, that we, uh, at least me, and uh, other Christians, and when we're brought up in that, we're taught that. I know that that wasn't the originator. It wasn't the originator. It was it was uh, framed up for us in that respect in, in a great way. It's a common thread. I said it's one of those common thread things that you find throughout so many different types of faiths and philosophies that even predate Christianity because it's, it's, it's karmically clean. The, 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 um, the situation or the practice of putting in and getting out what you put in and paying for what you take and you know the where forgiveness comes in for a debt debts that must be paid unless forgiven all that other stuff i mean this is this is all very basic fundamental stuff that predates christianity it's just it's just common thread philosophy and it has very universal mechanical um implications Revolution says, Holy Frijol, my esteem of you and your professionalism as an interviewer went uh, parabolic tonight. Kudos, just wow. And P.S. P.S. Nice blue chesticles. Well, I'm going to be wearing this shirt less and less. I don't know everybody's talking about. Brogiant. Brogiant. What's all this? Brogiant says, Frank, I sent you a couple of pictures of your blue boobs on Truth. Go check it out. What is going on now? Well, I'm going to have to check that out after the show, which is now. So I thank you all very much for coming on. Thank you to everybody on Rumble and on uh, on Theta and on Rockfin and YouTube. Fredo Awakening says, don't let them get to you, Frank. I think your breasts look wonderful tonight. Anyway, the week is young, and I can't wait to see you guys and gals having a good time on QuiteFrankly.tv in my absence. I'll be there in the chat room. I'll be there putting things out there, helping promote while we're just uh, relaxing and, and having a good time and let, letting the baby breathe the nice, fresh mountain air. So with that being said, <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more here over on Pill.net. Uh, Kay Landry says, I'm dying to know the thought process behind tonight's decision to wear boobs. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. There's, there's no, this is, everybody says that there's just, just the way that this weird, this is the weirdest thing about the whole thing. They say that it makes my boobs look big. I don't know what that means. I work very hard on sculpting my chest. So it's disconcerting to hear boob being used. That's usually floppy and weird. I mean, some of them are great. But anyway, this is the weirdest thing about the about the, the sweater. This flap. There's no reason for this flap to exist. Nothing. It is the, it, it's weird. Nothing whatsoever. Hang 10 Alien Server says, That sweater makes you look like a shop teacher. <laughs> I don't think that that... I, I mean, the jury's still out, but that guy, we haven't talked about it on this show. I, I don't, th- I think that guy is trolling. I really do think so. I really do think that guy is trolling. Anyway, 
Sean Anon says, hey, brother, great show regarding Nathan. Might be wise to clear our minds before speculating. To clarify, with all the con- uh, conditioning and hidden knowledge by the Vatican, it might be wise to de- deprogram first. Well, that's my whole problem here. Demonology and, and, and the study and de- of demons and pursuing them in their nature and folklore and whatever, that's another thing that predates Christianity. Definitely predates the Vatican. So, I mean, you, we can we can talk about Catholicism in particular and and its approach to to this uh this phenomenon, the existence of demons, how they operate, how to expel them from a person or a place or a thing. Uh but that's why I was I was actually trying to generalize it a little bit more because you get into Protestantism and you and all the you know the hundreds of de, of Christian denominations that are not Catholic and they all have their thoughts on demons their existence how they operate and how they can how they can possess and how they must be driven out that was a whole thing so I I don't I don't I don't think that deprogramming is is necessarily what we all have deprogramming from the Vatican's teachings is necessarily, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a prerequisite for tonight's conversation. It goes far beyond that. Uh, and if, if you come from that standpoint, if you're coming from a strictly Catholic viewpoint, then that's that's what what's molded your your worldview. But as I said, there are hundreds of denominations, and there are three main world religions. And then there are plenty of people out there that don't necessarily have a have an allegiance to any three of them that still believe and have have um, experiences around things that ha- uh, inhabit our space, but that we can't see. That you can say inhabit a spiritual realm, and also things that are from other dimensions and whatnot. And we know that we're we're part of something greater than ourselves. So. I, I'm really, I'm really not hung up on some kind of a, a, a Catholic standpoint here. I actually wanted to disregard Catholicism for a little bit and widen it out. Anyway, that's just me. I will see you guys on the other side of the next few days. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. And thank you so much. By the way, Aaron Judge uh, hit number 62. That was earlier on. I had to contain my excitement. So that's it. That's all done with and over with. Thank God. Thank God it's over with. Anyway, you guys have been great to me. I will see you soon. And uh, all the best to you and yours. Nighty night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Irina, Jesse Woke, Revolution, Brogiant, and Kirk Hammett, not to be outdone by Kala Patriot, and Crack Your Barrel, and AOs. I will see you guys on Monday, the 10th, Columbus Day, and until then, you know how to reach me. Direct message me on Patreon or Subscribestar. Email me, especially if you are a monthly subscriber through quitefrankly.tv you have 
top priority messaging and quite frankly not TV hanging out in the cafe that is the chat room see you then goodbye turkey in this house, huh? What? I bust my ass all day long. When I come home, I want a little smoked turkey. Is that too fucking much to ask? What the fuck is your problem? Everything but fucking turkey in here.